I'm Gavin Scott, your host. Welcome to the Stay Outstanding podcast, the show that shares wisdom and gifts knowledge, motivates you to be your authentic self, influences you to fulfill your true potential, encourages you to take action, and inspires you to step into your greatness. Welcome back, everybody. I'm uh, so humbled to be able to introduce you to today's guest, uh, Tracy Sage, an international love catalyst and relationship coach, and is also the author of the Missing Manual to Love, Marriage and Intimacy, which I'm pleased to announce is going to be part of our uh, end of season one prize draw uh, where you can get all the fabulous books from our uh, wonderful guests that have been on the show this season. So do look out for that and uh, get yourselves a free copy. Tracy, what does it mean to be a love catalyst? A love catalyst? Well, <clears throat> I I believe that the... Um, that if everyone had deeply nourishing love and intimacy, that the world would be a better place, that there would be less fear, less war, less, um, more joyful people awakening on the planet. And so uh, for me, I'm a, I'm a catalyst for that movement. I call it the love evolution movement. And I'm on a mission to reach millions so that we can change how um how we do relationships like create a new culture of happy healthy thriving relationships sounds like the garden of eden <laughs> exactly i'm ready <laughs> oh my how do we get another nine hundred ninety nine thousand? 998 people we're working on it that's why we do podcasts right <laughs> all right uh, guys if you're really interested in being part of this movement comment mention down below and we'll help you into the community um man as a relationship coach you must get some real sort of what we call this side of the pond corkers um you know some real gems what are a couple of the gems that you've uh you know discovered in your years of working in this so by gems do you mean um do you mean uh, either success or failure stories aha stories yes um i'll tell you what i've had some amazing stories and and now i've had them more than once so I have couples they come in to see me and they sit as far as they can from each other facing sort of away from each other and their body language says to me like how do they even get here you know I'm surprised that they're they've even shown up for a session with me and um and then within a few minutes I usually have them both on board and within a day or a session, I can often help them turn it around. So 
you know, like recently I had a couple come to me on the brink of divorce. I mean, he had just told her that he was done and they, he agreed to come to the, to the session. And by the end of the day, it was a, it was a one day, um, relationship coaching session. I call it relationship renewal. And by the end of the day, they were committed again. Yeah. And then the next session, they, I mean, it's amazing, you know, and then they come to me, then the next session they come to me and I, you know, so one, the one couple that I first mentioned where they were sitting so far from each other and, and facing away from each other, the next session they came to, they were sitting as close to each other as they could touching each other and facing towards each other. And they told me that, um, that I brought the fun back into their, into their relationship and that it hadn't been there for years. So yeah, it's, it's really fulfilling for me. It, it like, it's deeply moving for me. I love what I do uh, because dramatic changes can happen. Yeah, so, I mean, it's such a fascinating realm to be in relationship because effectively relationship is in everything we do. And perhaps the biggest relationship is with self. Totally. totally yeah. I say it's all relationship. I mean, really, life is all relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. how, how much of the work you encounter is self-work? In other words, people coming to you with relationship problems, but it starts with themselves. It always starts with themselves. So the way I the way I look at it. So I look at our relationships as I see them as an opportunity for growth and evolution. I mean, really, that's what our relationships bring us. And then, of course, the bliss of deeply connecting. You know, and so um, it's a huge opportunity, and it's really all about ourselves. You know, it's how we learn about ourselves. It's also how we discover. Um, so there's there's so much there. It's really a, a journey of self-discovery, of discovering another, and of you know discovering what that connection can, um, how that connection can, I want to say, exponentiate our potential. Um, yeah. How can it exponentiate our potential? By helping us, um, well, our relationships will bring up the, the issues that we need to address and will bring up our, our, the areas where we need to grow. So um, that's, that's how I see it. I mean, I, I help people um, really take a look at the patterns and the dynamics. And a lot of, a lot of it is our old programming. Like, you know, I, I call it, you know, shifting our old paradigms. Right. And so there's a lot of unconscious programming that we're working with. Um, and then there's also just the um, like, well, for example, we've there's four, four destructive patterns that are super common that most people don't even know that they're doing and that it's the problem. Right. That it's that it's destroying their just dis creating disconnection between them and someone they want to connect with. 
and um, just helping people to start to recognize, become aware. So it helps us cultivate awareness, right? And uh, so, yeah, that's one of the pieces that, that I work with is helping people shift those four destructive patterns. And some people have one of them, some people have all of them, you know, uh, some people have several of them. Uh, yeah. And it's a huge piece. Like we can start with that. Mm. It, 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 it's incredibly interesting. Uh, the patterns and behaviors. What sort of are some of the most obvious patterns that tend to play out? So those four destructive ones are, are, are some of the obvious ones. So one, which is right now, this is the thing, if I were to change one thing in the world that I think would really shift everything, if we all shifted this, it would, it would probably shift war. And so that is the polarization. So it's this idea of right and wrong. And when we get attached to the right and wrong, and then when we focus on that, it's like, you're wrong and I'm right, or I'm wrong and you're right. Either way, it's creating distance, right? And it's creating polarization. And so we really can't resolve things from that place. And if we just get caught up in that, and you know, that's what you see on social media so much. And that's what you see, you know, with the Russian Ukraine situation. It's, it's like, it's like, that's what you see. I mean, people, you know, talk about, you know, politics and it's very much a lot about right and wrong. And when, and we do that in our relationships and if we can notice where we're doing that, like, oh, I've gotten onto the right wrong train, right? And when we get there and we, can approach it totally differently, approach it as if we're, we're committed to growing and evolving and we're committed to, and we're, we're recognizing that we're collaborators on that journey and take it out of the right wrong and just recognize we are humans evolving and, you know, living and loving and, you know, come at it from a more playful, like, exploratory place of you know it's like oh what can I learn here you know what can I discover here or what you know and what do I need to learn and discover in order to find a solution to this situation whatever the the, the dilemma or the issue is that arises and so that's one that would be huge um yeah I agree um Love is such a complex subject. How do you go about simplifying it? I say that love is a choice. And, you know, we have this idea, it's like, I mean, it's, all a, it's also a feeling and it's a choice that we make again and again. And so, yeah, to me, it's not that complicated, right? It's like, you know, what would love do? You know, how, how can we um, be more loving? It's like when we ask ourselves those questions, we actually know the answers. Like we, you know, we know what would be more loving in this moment. We know um, how we could choose love. So that's how I do it. I just simplify 
to choosing love. Like it's a choice that you get to make again and again. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, it's kind of the same question. How can somebody choose to live in love and choose to make more loving decisions towards themselves and towards others? Just choose it. Uh, you know, it, it has so much to do with, you know, the decision. You know, I do a lot of work with, you know, we have, um, I think that the first piece is really awareness and to recognize that we, we, it is a choice and that we, um, that we have a lot of, you know, what I've discovered recently, I've been doing a lot of work with people on their negative self-talk and that's worse where ourselves are concerned. There's a few things I do. So one, I work with the negative self-talk and we shift that. The other pieces I work, I do inner child work. And so basically, you know, getting in touch with your inner child and recognizing. So one of, it's like when you're anxious, when you're reactive, what's probably going on is your inner child is like, you've abandoned your inner child. Your inner child is needing something, some, some sort of attention, some sort of something. And so if you can get in touch with your inner child and find out what's going on. Um, you can it can guide you right through the situation. So those are two pieces that I work with a lot. Um, is the the inner, you know, the inner saboteur, the inner critic, um, the you know the self talk, and shifting that. And when we can ch change the subconscious patterning in the subconscious limiting beliefs and negative beliefs we can change a lot yeah it, it's fascinating to me how little people pay attention to language you know language is how you direct your communication effectively yeah. Yeah. and if you're not directing your communication then how, how good is your communication? It uh, doesn't matter whether it's with yourself or with uh, another person. But I know from when I first started doing my work, the inner critic was very strong. And I've had to go through that whole process of overruling it and chucking it out and rewiring and all the rest of it. So, uh, but of course, I'm not perfect. They still have an inner critic, which keeps me, I think, on the straight and narrow. <laughs> well it's great that you recognize that because we're all perfectly imperfect you know mm -hmm. humans on this journey of evolving so and growing and and fully living right absolutely absolutely um relationship coaching I'm just trying to think what what might be beneficial for some of the listeners if they are thinking about leaving next or they've been dumped by an ex or ghosted by an ex or they're considering divorce or uh there's discussions in the family about how they should split up whatever what are some of the things we can say to them to perhaps seek guidance because a lot of people don't 
they think that they're alone and that they have to go through it themselves. And they often think that it's going to be tough from the outset, right? Which I think if you think it's going to be tough from the outset, it's always going to be tough from the outset. Exactly. So true. Yeah. Well, that's a lot to ask, Gavin. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. What would I say to someone? I mean, what I usually say is just come see me because I can help you. Um, so uh, what, what I can give them to, um, yeah, I love to give them the stories, you know, like we shared earlier of, you know, it is so possible to shift things. And, and a lot of times it's, it's just things that are in your blind spot. You know, they're things that you, you're they're subconscious, you're not aware of them. And so there's a lot that you can do. Um, you know, my book has so much in it, you know, that, that can help shift. And so the, the four destructive patterns, I mean, starting there, if you just read those, if you just, you know, get to know those. And so I could share the other three. I mean, we talked about the right, wrong, and I could share the other three, if that would be helpful. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So the, the other three are um, assumptions and judgments. So when we make assumptions and judgments, um, and, and I'll tell I'll tell you how, what the turnaround is because it's pretty you know it's pretty simple and once you can recognize that you're making making stories. So if you recognize you, you know, so I'm telling myself a story about this. Like I have this story about what's going on with my partner and why they're treating me this way or whatever. If you can, the the turnaround is to become curious to recognize. Oh, I've got this story. Um, you know, I've got this story that you don't love me anymore, right? And um, you can check it out. You can be curious. And you can say, you can even share. It's like, you know, I've got this story that you don't love me anymore because, you know, you, when you come home, you are focused on your computer and you don't even talk to me. You know, so that might be the story that I've got, you know, and so I just wanted to check it out. Is that true? And it's like, they might not even know that you're feeling that way, right? And so being curious and then, you know, finding out and you can, you can do it. It doesn't even have to be always that direct. You can also just become curious about your partner again. Curiosity opens the door. When we first get together, we are so curious to know this other person. And this is one of the things that fades a lot in relationships. And so staying curious about your partner is a wonderful thing. So that's, that's the first one. Um, the next one would be blame. So we have a tendency to start to blame, especially our nearest and dearest, for things that aren't working for us in our lives. Um, and so this is, you know, and to really take a look at like when you're blaming and but um, when you're in that blame game, the simple um, turnaround is just to like my, um, I have a mentor and she's, she says, you take you, when you're blaming, you're pointing the finger at the other. And she says, just turn that finger around point it back at yourself so basically to take responsibility for yourself and your life and when we do that and recognize that we're creating our own lives um it it can completely change the dynamic 
right? So, because the blaming each other is where, you know, people get into it with each other. Um, yeah, I can see that one. Totally. And so then the last one is expectations. And so expectations are, um, it's like holding someone responsible for something and they don't even know it. <laughs> It's like, and they're not doing what you expect them to do. So like the first example where I said, you know, it's like you, you, your partner comes home and, and goes right on the computer and isn't really paying attention to you. And so, you know, you think that they don't love you anymore. Well, you just have this expectation that if they loved you, they wouldn't be doing that. Right. And so if you can turn your expectations into requests, right, into a doable request. Um, so I'll give you, so in that case, you could say, honey, when you come home, would you spend a few minutes connecting in with me before you jump on your computer? That could be the request. Would you be willing to do that? I would love to connect with you, right? And so that can, that again, that can turn it around because it might not have anything. It might just be like they're in a habit, you know, or they become addicted to their device. I know a lot of people who have, so it could just be that, you know, um, it's an automatic behavior and they're not even aware of it and may not even notice that like, oh, we're, we're, we're growing more distant. Mm. So that's, that's another one. So those are the four. And then the right, wrong, um, the way I changed that one is to recognize that you're in the right, wrong. So recognize that it's like, as soon as you start to polarize with your partner and they, cause they become the adversary at that point, right? Instead of your collaborator to wreck, that's when, that's the red flag. It's like, oh, when it's me against them, I know that I'm in the right, wrong situation. And so, and the turnaround for that really is, um, to, it's a choice, it's like, do I want to be right or do I want to be connected, right? You can't do both. Do I want to be right or do I want to be connected? Yeah. Do I want to be right or do I want to be connected? It, 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 it's such an interesting question because the ego wants to be right. Yes. Um, the question is, if you want to be right, can you still get the same outcome by being connected? You'll get a better outcome. I mean, <laughs> if you want to be right, you're going to, you will not be able to have the connection that you want. And usually what I think, I mean, you know, in, in um, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs are, our need for love and, and connection and relationship is next after our survival needs are met. It's the next one. I mean, this is the thing that we most want in life. I and mean, it's like, if you think of, it's like, if I'm gonna die tomorrow, what do I want? I want to connect. Like I wanna be with the, my dear ones. That's the thing that I most want, right? And that's really what we most want. So the truth is that you know, yeah, letting go of being right 
um, if we know that that's the thing that will get us what we really want, which is connection, it's not so hard to let go of, you know? And I, and that whole thing of, it's like, you know, where we, where we, um, yeah, being right has a very, so being right is, um, you can think of it. Let's, let's think of an example of, can you think of an example where, you know, you want to be right, Gavin? Uh, talk about putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> okay, good. Good. So I, so you don't have to tell us unless you want to, but what it is, but I want you to think of, imagine yourself, you know, hands on your hips and you're, you're, you're like, you know, saying you're, your peace, right? And what is that giving you? How do you feel in your body? Think of yourself saying in whatever way you're saying it, I'm right. What do you, what do you gain from that? Feels numb. I'm you feel numb? Yeah, I'm diminishing my self-worth. Interesting, okay. Yeah, what usually I notice is that there's an adrenaline in there. Right. Like if I get to be right, I have adrenaline. So again, this is like, you know, this is a very short lived, you know, benefit. So, you know, and, and what I also notice is that if you, if you actually, you know, drink coffee or other stimulants, um, it's going to actually um, kind of stimulate that, that being right piece. So. I always recommend to people, it's like, if you're, if you're finding you're getting into right, wrong things, lay off the caffeine a little bit, like before you interact, right? Because that will, you know, it's, it, cause it's a very, you know, it's a, it's a short lived benefit is just to get, you know, to feel, you know, stimulated mm. and then it goes away and you've got no connection. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was looking at it from the perspective of um, less momentary, more outcome-based. So, like, if I'm outcome-based, there isn't adrenaline there, because as you say, you'd want to connect rather than be right. Right. And so, so give me an example. So what, what, what do you mean by that outcome-based in terms well, I of... I mean, whatever the outcome is, let's say... You're trying to persuade another of something. Okay, perfect. So for that, I, 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 um, the process that I lead people through is co-creating solutions to come into a co-creative solution. So you want you want an outcome, but the, this is the thing. So it's like I don't believe in compromising. So I actually, you know, I mean, maybe there's some situations where that's necessary. Most situations it is not. And this is, and I, so I work, I've worked with groups of business partners. I've worked with couples. I've worked with parents and children on this one. You know, I've worked with lots of different people um, to co-create solutions. And so co-creating a solution that works for everyone involved. And that's the key. So you actually can get your outcome better. You can get the outcome that you want better if you co-create rather than one person has to win and one person has to lose or some people have to win and some people have to lose, right? 
Um, and so that's the process. And we're not used to it because we're afraid that we really want, we really want what we want. And we're afraid we're not going to be able to get it, that we're going to have to compromise. So a lot of times we don't even really address it. Right? We don't even find out what the other person really wants. And that's the piece. If we can find out what everyone wants, so let's say we're dealing with a couple. And so we find out what one person wants and we find out what the other person wants. And, and you really need to get in touch with what you both want and to actually then agree like to create a solution. We're incredibly creative. We are so good as human beings. We are so great at coming up with solutions. And so once you know what both people want and you've got to get under it. So it's not the picture of what I think it looks like because that's like my picture won't include what you want. I mean, it could, but if, if there's an issue, it's because my picture isn't including what you want, right? And so we need, I need to in, take that into consideration. And so as two people, you can actually find out, it's like, okay, what is it that you really want? And here's what I really want. And when you get that, it's like, okay, so how can we create a solution so we both get what we really want? And so it's a matter of going underneath, you know, I, it, it's like asking enough questions to get to what it is, you know? So for example, we were talking about wanting connection and if wanting connection is one of the pieces, you know, and so there might be, you know, again, it's like, you know, an example would be good. Um, let's see if I can come up with an example. Um, I don't know. I'll just, pull one out of a hat, or maybe you have one. Do you have an example for me? An example of? Of, you know, so, so. Uh, let's say in a family, in a marriage, let's say perhaps, where one of the partners is doing more of the work. Okay. So work meaning housework or work meaning? Childcare, uh, labor, love. <laughs> okay yeah the work of keeping the relationship together you mean well the, the relationship of building the family and you know okay and so um tell me more so how are they doing the work one person's doing most of the work what are they doing and what's the other person let's doing? pretend that it's like house chores for a minute and split the chores up okay perfect Waking so this the is the kids feeding the kids, taking the kids to school, dropping them a play thingy, picking the kids up, giving the kids tea, making sure they're doing their homework, get them to bed early, give them a bath. Great. Okay, good. So let's, let's, that's, I mean, this is a perfect example because it's, it's the thing that it's very real. Um, so I love it. And so one person's doing that and they're, I, so I'm guessing this is an issue for them. They have an issue with it. And, um, and so what are they wanting? Oh, I guess. Say it again. Support. The what? Support. Support. Okay. Support. Yes. So, um, and what would support give them? Uh... I guess it would confirm or affirm their partner's love towards them and their children. And I guess it would also give them some space and time 
I guess it would not make them feel underappreciated. I guess it would make them feel, you know, uh, on equal parity. Right. So they want to feel loved. They want to feel um, they want some some space and time for themselves. Um, they're wanting um, some attention. Yeah. Yeah. What was the other thing? There was one other thing you said in there. Um, the affirmation of love. Yes. So, and they want an affirmation of love. Yeah. So they want, so, so that, that's what they're wanting. So now we ask, what's the, what's the other partner wanting? Um, I don't know. So if in this in this case, so if the other partner is, um, I mean, I think that if if they were expressing that what they wanted from that level, from the level of what they're really wanting, not like I do all the work, you I want you to do some. Like that's a different request than I noticed that I'm feeling like I'm feeling like. I don't have any time to myself. And I have a story that if you loved me, you would jump in on this stuff. And so, you know, so what I realized from that story is that what I'm really wanting is to feel loved. And you bring that to your partner and see if they're open to it, right? Mm. But usually like, you know, it's like, and, 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 the partner may be like, well, I don't have any time. I'm busy doing whatever. I've got a, you know, I've got a, a long day, you know, at work. And then I come home and I'm just, you know, uh, I just need some downtime. And I, I just don't have enough time or, or I, or I want to go do my workout or I want to do whatever. And, you know, so that, you know, and so then you can talk to the partner and, and, and say, it's like, okay, so your need is that you get your workout in and then you get some downtime in addition to working each day. And then you find a solution. How can we create it so that we both have some time? We both want some time to ourselves. How can we both get time? And then you create a solution. You find a way that you can both get the time that you want. And then there was the piece of feeling loved. And it's like that process in and of itself might satisfy that if you realize that you were in it together again right and you realize that your partner did care that you didn't have time to yourself and that you were overwhelmed by the tasks of taking care of the family so then you can co-create solutions what if the other person is less open to co-creating you know they you need some, I mean, they need to be open to co-creating in order to co-create. So if they're not open to co-creating, and this is one of the things where a facilitator helps, it really helps to have someone who can facilitate this process. Um, this process, by the way, is in my book, step-by-step step, on how to do it. And it is, it's not what we're used to. And so it's kind of an advanced process for a lot of people. Um, and it takes practice. And I always say, start with something really, you know, something uh, simpler something smaller, something not as big a deal to practice on. Um, and um, so one of the things that I do with my clients when 
when they're when they're if one person is not willing to co-create, I I say to them, so do you want to? I mean, I always start my sessions with this. I ask them if they're if they're wanting us to create solutions to the issues that they're coming with. So I, I make sure that they're wanting a solution. If they're not wanting a solution, there's there's nothing to do. Um, but if they're wanting a solution, then so I ask them, and then and then uh, you haven't been able to find a solution yet, right? And so the things you've been doing haven't been working, right, so far. And the answer is always yes. And so I say, would you be willing to experiment with me for an hour? You know, would you be willing? And so that just willing to experiment, to try to do something different with me for an hour is a small commitment. And usually they can make that. And so then I take them through the process and they like they because they're now it's like usually they're on board once I they, I say it's like okay so I and then I need you to help me with this process so you're gonna and I give them roles in the in the in the format in my book there's roles each person has a role and so um, you know and the idea is basically to get the information you need of what everyone's needs are what everyone is wanting in order to and so you have to be really listening and so you have to like pinpoint all those things. And so when you focus on that, you're focusing on getting all the information, like what do we need, you know, what are we solving here? And, you know, then, then it's much easier to do. And so that being willing to experiment. And so it does help to have a facilitator to do that. Um, and if you, if you approach it with a, from a playful place, you can invite, you know, invite your partner to play with you. Would you be willing to play? You know, I mean, that's kind of where I come from. It's like, so we've got this dilemma. Would you be willing to play and explore with me to come up with a solution? So if it's coming from that place, it's they're more likely to be open than if you're pointing a finger at, you're not doing enough around the house. That's not gonna get met with very a very good response unless they're very mature and they they're and they're really you know they're really hearing you and they're like oh tell me what you're needing right then you know but if they're if they're not you know if you know coming from a playful place and an um a request right a doable request would you be willing to brainstorm solutions to this issue with me right that's a much nicer invitation. And if so, if you invite them to co-create, yeah? And because a lot of times that's not how we handle our, our dilemmas. We don't usually make it an invitation, you know? And we don't usually make it fun either, right? And most people, most of us, I mean, we like, we, we like to problem solve. Yeah, I believe so, I believe so. Um, well, so deep. A couple questions for you before we uh, end. Firstly, if anything you've said uh, resonates with anyone listening and they want to reach out, how can they get in touch with you? So they can find me on my website, um, and there's there's actually a a place where they can book a a call, an introductory call with me. And my website is Tracy T R A C I E 
sage like the herb.com. Okay, awesome. And lastly, what does stay outstanding mean to you? Stay outstanding. To me, it means being the fullest expression, the fullest, most authentic expression of who we truly are, of our uniquely wonderful spirit. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for your insights and um, the value you've given the audience today. It's been great having you on the show, Tracy. Oh, it's been so much fun. I could talk for hours with you. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, until next time, stay outstanding. Okay. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the content and got any value, please do like it, rate it, follow, subscribe, and leave a comment. You'll find us across all the social media channels, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. It's been my privilege to host you today. I'm Gavin Scott. Until next time, stay outstanding. <laughs>